was a boy who had a band of brothers. There was a boy who had a band of brothers. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. He left to meet in council in the wilderness of Maine. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. And if you asked him who it was he lived for. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Far away! Far away! Far away! He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. He'd tell you of Camp Cobbacy so far, far away. Good evening, Cobbacy families, and welcome to another Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The Braves and the Warriors are slowly walking to their bunks, some in disbelief. Well, all in disbelief. The sun has gone down over the buildings long ago, and it's time for you to find out what happened today. Today was the sixth and final day of Color War 32, 2018. And this is your Blue Sheet Report. And just in case you were wondering, we thought it was going to be thundery this afternoon. And it was not. It was clear and warm and sunny. And it was just what we needed to do. Finish what we started six days ago. Reveille at 7.15, 7.45. There was a sudden staff death cathlon field goal competition. And then at 7.50, in the bright sunshine of the main morning, we had the presentations of the shields. The shields are those big glorious triangular shaped plaques they're they're almost homages that hang in our octagon side of the dining hall and they are beautiful there are some really profound ones i have my favorite but there are many others that are also my favorites Um, besides that one i think that they're really really beautiful and they are made by our by our teams they're made by the shield teams and they're worth points as well And so the boys lined up, everyone is focused, the edges look a little frayed, it's been a long and intense color war, and a close one, and they open up the shields, the shield teams do, and you see these works of art, these renderings. Our teams were the Grizzlies and the Panthers, the gray Grizzlies and the Blue Panthers, and they went totally different directions in their aesthetic choices, and I just thought they were so beautiful. The Blue Panthers, they they rift off of the Black Panther movie explosion. And there, there, there he is, Black Panther, with his arms crossed above his chest, or across his chest, glaring out. And there's some Panthers in the background. And it's blue and black and ominous. And it looks like he's about to leap into action. And then the Grey Grizzlies went an entirely different route. They went sort of classic camp. And there is a picture of a Grey Grizzly in the foreground an image, it's not really an image, it's three-dimensional, and he's got some some blue fabric in his mouth, and then behind him is the path to, the path basically up to the entrance, and you can see a perfect rendition in miniature of our gate, and our seven-mile-an-hour sign, and the fence at football, and it's all really meticulous and beautiful, and the more you look at that shield, the more you see, and everything's in place, and I was glad I wasn't judging because I, we, you're not allowed to split your points, and I would have been tempted. It was really, they're both really. You'll see them on visiting day. They're really great. And the boys were, of course, just in awe of them. The shields have gotten better and better and better each year, and these were no exceptions, and they're just wonderful. <clears throat> then breakfast, and then we had a cleanup and an inspection, and then 
we sort of shifted gears and we were originally going to do just a bunch of stuff in one round in Staff Awesome Ball, but we were worried about getting done today. So we had two rounds and here's what they were. 9.30, uh, actually 9 o'clock, combined soccer throw for the ones, twos had basketball, threes had uh, watching games, fours had watching games also, uh, five combined softball throw, six combined soccer kick, and seven basketball. The second round this morning was first one and two had round the bases on Joey and three had round the bases at Bluey and then cross country both uh, for fours and fives at the flagpole and then volleyball for six and seven had round the bases also. As I've said before in this podcast, round the bases is cool because it's our own version of the track meet and it's just pure. Start off on home base, your time starts when you leave home base and you sprint around first, second and third and back to home base. A really fast time would be in the 14 second range. Um, that'd be for a really, really fast, you know, Sachem kid, like 15-year-old. Maybe even in the 13s. Legend has it. Then we had lunch, a late lunch. And then after lunch today, we had uh, a modified set of activities because we're trying to get everything in. And so the first thing that we did was we went down for songs, skit, and cheer. And I know I just said this about the the shields, but the songs, skits, and shears have gotten so much better over the years. And the first thing was the skit. It was kind of a melodrama, and there was boys bet dressed as bunny rabbits. There was it was the classic story about the three sons you leave home, and they gotta go do something. There's a king, and then there's a challenge. And the youngest son, you know, wins the wins the the king's heart because he's the most moral of them. But there's just a lot of opportunities for silliness. There's some really good moms. There was a, a really excellent mom on the gray team. I thought he was hilarious, and uh, some really good sons. There were some really good rabbits. That was pretty much a wash for me. They were both amazing in different ways. The blue team skit was a little darker, exactly the same script. I thought it was tinged with, I don't know, human darkness. <laughs> and then it, it went on from there. It was just great. Then there was the songs. And of course, there's the alma mater that you do for yourself, for your own team. And then there's the Camp Cobbacy alma mater. Uh, and then there's the fight song. And then there's the actual Cobbacy fight song. The two of these songs are originals, the alma mater and the fight song there's original version of both and they were both outstanding and each judge had little points they could allocate here and there at the end of the day after all four of these things the total score was 37 to 38 that's how great everything was it was really difficult to tell which one was which i can tell you that this picture may or may not go up but there is literally a picture of a boy crying during the song that he's singing in because he's so moved by the music that they're singing and we'll try to get you a rendition of that but the gray alma mater was very beautiful and then so was the blue alma mater there's the slower songs and i mean i've been here for five years i have never heard our you know very nice athletic boys be in tune <laughs> really ever but they were definitely in tune tonight and it was really great it was so beautiful and it was we're all down at the campfire bowl and there's waves lapping at the shore and it's mid-afternoon, and these guys, it's so quiet and beautiful. When you see the team pictures tonight, you'll see where we were. You can see how the light was. It was just gorgeous.
close to done with the day that's just the middle of the day that's how huge this day was day six was one for the books literally in many ways so then everybody goes up to the soccer field and it's time for the obstacle course and then group seven handball and group six soccer these are played in adjoining fields so that the boys can watch both and i should say at this point that this is the part where i need to start talking about scores in the first day, Blue jumped up on Gray. The Blue Panthers got up 14 points. And then Gray overtook them quickly that same day, and they jumped out big time the second day. Jumped up about 70 points. And they stayed 70 points ahead, up to 80 or 90 points ahead at different points, over the next four days. And many, many teams would have relaxed on their laurels, and many other teams would have given up. 90 points, how can we come back? How can we come back? How is it even possible? And it, was, it is a testament to Jamie Miller and Davian Burrell's character and their leadership that neither of those things happened. The Blue Panthers did not give up, not even kind of, not at all. They kept chanting, legendary, Who's, who, who legendary, we legendary, who legendary, we legendary. And then Jamie on the other side, the tactician, the warm, charismatic leader, making jokes, getting his guys fired up. Every single time he got up and got announced, Jamie Miller, the place would rock with... General Miller, bang, 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 bang. General Miller, bang, 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 bang. And that's kind of how the two teams were. You've got Davian over there being the calm, cool, and collected leader, but also the passionate speech. He likes to give speeches to the heart. And then you have uh, Coach Miller, who is who is calculating and precise and has done tons of research and homework and has thought about three different options for any one outcome and is prepared for them all. And wouldn't you know it, but the... Blue Panthers never fell out. The bottom fell out, never fell out of their effort. They just hung around and hung around and hung around for days. And then about a day and a half ago, what was a 90-point lead became a 70-point lead, and then a 60-point lead, and then a 50-point lead. And last night, it was hovering between 50 and 60, but momentum had shifted. Suddenly, the a little bit more rough around the edges, Blue Panthers had momentum and passion. Suddenly the chants had fire and lightning in them. And Jamie Miller's group didn't give up. One of the things that's scary about momentum is it can make the other team feel like an outcome is inevitable. That wasn't how that wasn't how the Grey Grizzlies reacted at all. They kept doing what they were doing. They kept acting like the well-oiled machine they had become. 
And that just kept happening closer and closer and closer to this, this moment where I'm speaking. Blue just started taking small bites out of that lead to the point where after the song's getting sheer, we're talking about a difference of 35 points and then some things break Blue's way. The group seven handball starts off gray way ahead. Blue fights back, ties it, goes into overtime, goes into shootouts, and then gray wins. But blue had the momentum. Then group five, then group six soccer. Again, gray jumps up on him. But blue battles back. Goes back up. It goes 2-1, gray. Then blue battles back. 2-2, then 3-2, then gray, 3-3. Goes in overtime, PK shootouts. Blue wins. That's how close these teams were. We all go down for dinner. Start running numbers because it's going to get real interesting. There's a few things left to do. There's a general race that has to happen. There's a few brains over bronze that need to have happen. And there's a few other things that need to happen. There's staff awesome ball, staff basketball. Staff awesome ball is a throwdown. Gray wins it. And staff basketball, gray flies up on blue, 12-3. Boys are literally hanging on the chain link, hands above their heads, sort of hanging there like prison inmates, but screaming ones. Blue battles back, being down 12-3, ties it at 19-19, and then wins in overtime. Blue wins. And for the first time since the first 15 minutes of this color war, Blue is in control. 8-66 to 8-63. And here's what's left. The tugs of war and the giant round the bases relay. Tugs of War work like this. In general, the rules of Cobbacy's Color War work like this. As soon as it is mathematically impossible for one team to win, the contest is over. It could theoretically happen right away. Well, not right away, but three or four days in. Because one team could blow out the other team so far that there's no way they could catch up with the points left on the board. That's not what happened today. Not at all. So the way it works is the staff does the Tug of War first, then the group sevens, then the group sixes, then the fives and the fours and the threes and the twos, and then and the ones, and then an entire staff, super staff, team tug. And then if it's still not decided, we go to the giant round the bases relay. However, as what happened today, the score got so close, a difference of three points after six days of competition, 866 to 863, suddenly in favor of blue. That one team would have to sweep literally every single tug-of-war contest all the way down to keep it from going to round the bases relay. So, here we go. Staff gets up there. Big Danny Damon played defensive end in college. It's probably 330, 64, 65. He's a huge human being. Solid as a rock. He's anchoring Blues, Staff, tug-of-war team, and they win. Then, bear in mind, if blue sweeps, this whole thing's over before it goes to giant around the bases relay. Suddenly, blue's in the driver's seat after five days of trailing by 70 points. Sevens. Blue wins again. Sixes. Gray wins. Now we're all going down to the giant around the bases relay. But, Cobbacy families, it's dark. It's dark. There's no way to do a relay. It's dark out. 
So we drive the vans that we use to transport the boys all over the place onto the outfield of Bluey Field, shining the lights into the infield. And we can't get the lights all the way in there. So we take the nurse's car. Don't worry, we had a backup. And we put it basically right behind the pitcher's mound, shining at home. The giant round the bases relay works like this. There is one group one runner, two group two runners, three threes, four fours, five fives, six sixes, and seven sevens. That means that a whole bunch of boys are running. You just pass the baton. You go around the around the horn, you pass the baton. Around the horn, pass the baton. And I'd never seen one. We have never gone to giant round the bases relays in the five years I've been here. And I was not ready for a bunch of things. I've already talked about how beautiful I think around the bases is anyways. I think it's a really cool, pure event. And it's cool that it's in a circle instead of in a line. It's very cobbacy that it's that way. And they take off. But they're running at night and they're running through headlight light, which means they're almost ethereal. They're flying and their feet look like they're running even faster than they are. There's different versions, of course, because there's different boys. There's the long striders, and then there's the, the little tiny guys. And you're like, is that kid really moving that fast? And his arms are moving so fast you can't see them. They're blurs, and they're sailing around these bases. A couple boys were going so fast by the time they got to first that they stumbled as they turned the corner. Uh, and they, you know, one of them fell down and got back to his feet, and off he went. The thing that everyone's guarding against is dropping the baton. If you drop the baton, it'll crash to the ground. And you have to go get it. And you have to go back to home base to take off again. So it costs your, your team valuable time. Gray uh, has one fumble or two, but they quickly pick it up. It wasn't, you know, wasn't critical. And they're flying around these bases. But here's the part, obviously, families, I wasn't ready for. It's happening in silence. 300 people are watching these boys sprint around the infield in the dark under the main stars. Just the sound of the boys' footfalls hitting the infield track dirt. Piff, 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 breathing as they're going around the corner. Maybe a little skid, maybe an intake of breath from the crowd if they look like they're going to fall. But that's it, just cleats on dirt. For 15 sustained minutes, and then the older kids get involved, and then you're seeing real beauty. You're watching these athletes fly through the air. If the little ones were fast, almost cartoon characters, these 15-year-olds, 14 and 50-year-olds, they look, they look like godlings. They are elegant and very strong, and they're coming into their, their man bodies, and they are so fast. And watching them at night, in the dark, with what's at stake, with an almost sacred silence settling over this large group of people was nothing short of profound. The only person with a watch is Griff, with a backup in Tom. I have no idea how he's going fast. Who's not? No idea. Both races finish. Griff stands out. Talks about how proud he is of everyone. After six full days of competition, it has come down to this. Before he gives the time, he says... I want everyone to know this is a difference of 4.3 seconds over the course of almost 15 minutes of running. Blue wins by 4.3 seconds. Behind for 70, by 70 points for almost five days, Blue held on to their identity 
and to their ragtag, brawling mentality, and they never gave up. They referred to themselves as legendary the whole time, and then they staged a truly legendary comeback, winning in the dark by the light of 15 passenger vans after three overtime finishes in the same day, winning Color War 32. It was a day I will never forget. And that is your little informal podcast for today. Another glorious day at Camp Cobbesee for boys. Your boys are probably some of them already asleep. Excellent counselors watching over them. Loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart. So many ways. Turn around the bases relay. The winner by a difference of 4.32 seconds.